0: friend, welcome to November. Hey, we got a new month. Welcome to November the 1st, Tuesday. Thanks for joining me for uh, Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 65, and I hope that your week's off to a good start. We had a wonderful day Sunday, and uh, we're looking forward to a great weekend. We're we're hosting this weekend, something called Emotional Health Weekend, and uh, that will run Saturday morning, and then uh, Sunday morning with our guest, Jonathan Hoover. Dr. Jonathan Hoover is senior associate pastor at New Spring Church in Wichita, Kansas, and he's also I, I he's he's either the head of psychology or the head of one of the departments of psychology at Regents University and uh, he's just a great friend and he's been a great encourager and advisor and counselor in my life and he's been a blessing to our church and so he comes with a lot of a lot of experience. He's a a, a tremendous Christian man and pastor, and um, loves the Lord, loves families, and he loves our church. And I know he's going to be an encouragement to us. The reason I do this in November is that it's a good time of year coming into the holidays and coming into winter. The days will get shorter, colder, um, and uh, the weather will kind of get more dreary. And even though the holidays uh, keep us cheered up, generally speaking, um, the weather can get to us post, post, you know, January, February, March. And so I hope that we will be bolstered for that and get ready. And, and Jonathan will specifically deal with practices of emotional and soul health. So anyway, that's this weekend. We're looking forward to it. Psalm 65 is before us. And we read through the whole thing yesterday. We talked about the big picture of the psalm being celebratory on the way to Jerusalem uh, to worship God at his temple, bringing offerings, bringing thanks from a year of harvest where the land, where God has caused the land to do what God causes the land to do. We also talked about the, um, the parallels with things that Jesus is saying in, in, in John's gospel that he, and, and doing, by the way, stilling the storms and I am water and I am light and I am bread. And, um, these, these wonderful metaphors are not just random metaphors. They're Jesus describing himself as God, as God described himself himself in the Old Testament. So um, it's pretty cool, all the connections. Well, we're picking up today in verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. We talked about that already a few days ago. And cause us to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. Now, I want you to catch this, though. End of verse 2. Unto thee shall all flesh come. So we get this comprehensive Radically inclusive opportunity. In fact, throughout the psalm, we see more references of this. Uh, verse five: You are the confidence of all the ends of the earth, of them that are afar off upon the sea. So, anybody, uh, all the people of the earth, can have access to God through Jesus, uh, having their transgressions purged and and their sins resolved. But Verse 4 speaks of God's choice, not just our choice to him, but his choice of us, and then his desire that those who do choose him are chosen by him and are caused or permitted to approach him, to have a relationship with him. And that's the power of God choosing you, okay? Uh, There needs to be both for, for the idea to be biblical, first of all. Be careful of anybody that wants. There's a ditch on two sides of this road. The one side of the road emphasizes God's choice to the neglect of man's choice. It's you'll hear some people talk like nobody even has a choice. There is no such thing as will in the matter. God predetermined, um, and and that's that's determinism. That's that's the idea that God doesn't permit any kind of decisional uh, capacities in humanity. But that contradicts so much of His Word where he invites a decision, legitimately invites a decision. And the verbiage is not in any sense that he is playing or toying with mankind, that he's somehow in his providence and his sovereignty and his predetermined will has permitted some space, some uh, some granted latitude for, um, for men to be able to be decisional without encroaching on his sovereignty, without encroaching on his uh, eternal purposes. So, on one side of the road, you have determinism, which is God predetermining everybody everybody's decisions. On the other side of the road, you have uh, the ultimate or the extreme kind of free will where it's not really God that saves us. It's it's really the choice or the power of our will, uh, which is a work salvation. And there's problems there too, Um in that it leaves God almost biting his nails with anxiety, is anybody going to be saved? It's neither, okay? The Bible speaks very plainly and clearly to the fact that we have a choice, but that we're chosen, okay? So I'm not going to try to reconcile those two things. They're realities. They're biblical realities, and nobody can reason them away. We do choose Jesus, and he does choose us. But I think here's the practical um, playing out of why this is significant. Um, if you have a, a, it's think of marriage. If you have one spouse that chooses the other, it's a dual choice, okay? If they don't choose each other, then you have something weird, all right? Um, but they both absolutely have a choice. So the legitimacy of the choice is it stands firm. Um, the, the husband chooses his bride. The bride chooses her husband, and they both enter into this. In the freedom of their own decisional power of will, they enter in. But it's the nature of the choice that makes the relationship different, okay? That it would be one thing if I could choose God, but what if he rejected that choice? Now we have a problem. And now just me choosing him um, does not grant access. Um, he does not have to recognize my choice But his promise is, in Scripture is, everybody that chooses him will be chosen. Okay, and that's a beautiful picture because everybody that comes to God in faith through Jesus is chosen by God, by Jesus, and granted 100% full access. And that's why David says, we are caused to approach him that he, the man that you and I may dwell in thy courts. So David's a king. The temple's not built yet when this is written, but he's dreaming of that temple. And so he's imagining people that are accepted by him into his courts as a king. And he's imagining God as the king of the universe, accepting those that choose him, choosing those that choose him and welcoming them into his courts. And the, and the, privilege and the relationship and the friendship, the intimacy, the abundance, the provision, the protection, the safety that is received when we're welcomed into the courts of God. And what is the phrase? It says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. So David is saying there's no more wonderful place. There's no more abundant fullness of satisfaction or goodness than we, when we are uh, accepted and received by God into his courts, into his house, into his holy temple. Now the idea of temple, I want to pick that up tomorrow, uh, but it's a beautiful concept that traces all the way through the scripture and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So my friend today, it's just an amazing thing to think that you didn't just choose Jesus, he chose you. And uh, that makes the relationship something extremely wonderful and full of life and beauty and flourishing. So go out and enjoy the chosen life today. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.